Hello friends, welcome back to The Jack Ravel Show. Today's guest is Johnny Johnson. He's the owner of Unlimited, an alcohol-free beer company that, in my opinion, is the best on the market. After the mother of all hangovers, he decided to go sober and was disappointed with the poor choice of alcohol-free beers and embarked on a new journey. We dive into what led Johnny to create Unlimited, discuss our own sober journeys, ponder over the future of the AF industry, and I find out that bananas are actually alcoholic. Hmm. In this episode, we highlight the benefits of sobriety. Johnny and I both share a similar outlook to life. We want to better ourselves through being successful, working on our self-development, being more productive, having more meaningful experiences, and ultimately enjoying life. Quitting the drink has honestly been the single best decision I have ever made. It's allowed me to really focus on what's important to me, what I really want out of life, and enable me to fully understand myself as a person. Johnny and I both agree that we now live our lives with more money, more time, and more energy. Why wouldn't you want more of that? As I'm on the topic of getting more out of life, I am excited to tell you about our first sponsor. Unlimited beer is not only great tasting, it's a health drink in its own right. At only 23 calories, rich in vitamins, low in carbs and vegan, it's honestly a game changer for anyone who is sober curious or just likes a great tasting beer. I've spent this summer necking unlimited beers and have zero regrets. They really are the best on the market. Unlimited has given listeners of the show 15% off everything online. That's right, 15%. So just head over to www.unlimited.beer, that's U-N-L-T-D.beer, and put the code JACK15. That's Jack15, J-A-C-K-1-5, to receive that 15% discount across all products. Go now. It's a great offer. Okay, now on with the show. So, Johnny Johnson, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm great, Jack. How you doing? Yes, really, really well, thank you. So today we're going to be talking about you and your fantastic company, Unlimited Alcohol-Free Beer. Now, for somebody who has, I say, recently gone sober, myself, we're recording this around the sort of, uh, you know, end of September, October time, 2020. I've been sober for about 120 days, um, but you've been a sober a, a bit longer. Your journey's been a bit more extended than that, hasn't it? Well, yes. Yeah. So I, well, I, I have drank since, so I haven't oh, exactly sober. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but I think you know when I I quit drinking last year for I went 112 days in total. Um, I think on my first run, and then I had a drink, and then I. But but now I drink on the very rare occasion, probably once every couple of months. So did you have a drink when you celebrated launching Unlimited Beer? I had an unlimited. <laughs> yes, that's, <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. So, look, let's let's take it right back to the beginning. Let's let's sort of go back before you you started the the, the company and, and talk to me a little bit about sort of where who you were and what you were doing and kind of life before this this brilliant company was born. Yeah. So, um, well, I worked in um, the city of London for seven years. Um, I worked in a direct sales role. So I used to I was like a visiting tailor. So I used to go to guys' offices in the city. 
uh, you know, quite successful guys, like CEOs, MDs, all that sort of stuff, and sell them bespoke clothing, so suits, shirts, jackets and things. So um, it was a very sort of fast-paced, um, worked very long hours. Um, there was, I worked with a lot of other sort of very similar people, so all very ambitious and hungry. And um, it was it was sort of the typical city life that you can sort of imagine. It was, you know, work hard, play hard. Um, and so before I started the business, it was a sort of, a, I got into a cycle of, you know, working long hours during the week and then going out on a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday with sort of friends from back home. And then it was straight back to work Monday. And sort of the weekends were, I was spent sort of feeling sorry for myself, a bit hungover. And that sort of went on for years, probably about five years. Um, and then it sort of, I just had enough. And um, hangovers were getting too, you know, were awful. Um, so, yeah. And then I thought I'll, I'll, I'll give um, the booze a break for a bit. Okay. So what, what sort of time frame are you looking at here? When, when was this? So I got married in June last year, June 2019. And after my wedding um night the i had like the mother of all hangovers the next day <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> start, okay we're talking mother of all hangovers i love i love this question right because describe to me in your own words what the mother of all hangovers is to you so it wasn't like a day's hangover it literally lasted me five days um <laughs> so i felt i just felt do you know when i think everyone could probably relate to this when you wake up the next day and you, you obviously you feel terrible but then you have a lot of regret you have a lot of um, anxiety you sort of feel a little bit depressed and you sort of you know you you have really negative thoughts that go through your brain and um and you haven't got any motivation to do anything you eat crap food just because you know it, you want easy food and you want sugar and you want you know fatty stuff um and it went off for five days and in my job because it was um a direct sales job I've, I, I used to go and meet people like new people every day and i had to sort of sell our product and be on top form and being hung over and doing that, it's, you know, it just, you can't really perform at your job. And um, so it just, yeah, I think, to describe it in a nutshell, it just, I, I felt very negative, um, sort of not depressed, but, you know, just had very negative feelings and felt bad about myself. It just wasn't a good place, basically. And so what what was, was that the straw that broke the camel's back? What was it But about that specific hangover, you know, just after your wedding that, that made you say, yeah, I need to, I need to kick this once and for all? It was actually um, a mate of mine who was at the wedding. And I remember seeing him a few days after and he, he, he said how drunk I was. And obviously it was my wedding night, right? And I didn't do anything that bad, but he, he sort of, him saying that made me sort of think about it. And I thought, I don't know if you remember, I remember David Hasselhoff years ago, he got videoed when he was drunk and um, there was an interview and he basically reflected on it. And then I think he quit the booze. And it was one of those moments. Someone else told me sort of how drunk I, I was. And I just sort of felt ashamed of myself. Um, so, I, and another thing, a friend of a friend who I used to go out with a couple of years prior, he he'd given up the booze eight months before, mm. and um, I heard how much his life had changed since he gave up the booze. So I I called him up and I said, "Look, can we meet up and have a drink, like a non-alcoholic drink?" Um, and I just want to ask you a few questions about going sober. And then um, I met up with him, and he'd lost like four stones since um, when I saw him before, just from Gosh. not not drinking. And uh, he completely sold me on the idea. So have you seen the film Limitless? 
I have, yes, with Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. So the pill that makes him like superhuman, he feels mm. brilliant, super switched on. This is what this guy was like that I'd met. And um, I love that film. And it's, so I thought, he, he was saying to me, it's like the limitless pill going alcohol free. And I was just like, right, I'm going to do it. So, um, so yeah, so from that point, he, he actually said, Look, listen to a few podcasts that he recommended. Um, I think One Year No Beer was one, Andy Ramage. And uh, listen to those. And then, yeah. And then after about two or three weeks of not drinking, felt incredible. Um, had so much more energy, was sleeping a lot better, exercising more, eating healthier. And I felt incredible. So it was just like a no-brainer. It's a, it's a knock-on effect, isn't it? I mean, for, speaking from somebody who's also, you know, on a, on a sober journey, it really does take just a moment of like, you need to just have that height of all heights and but then it sends you to the lows of all lows you know and and just to you know my, my story of why I gave up was after my 30th birthday um last year now September 2019 and I decided after my 30th I had a huge three-day extravagant bender basically with all my mates and it was wonderful but it really sent off my 20s in the right way so that then when I hit my 30s I was like you know what this is a good opportunity it's almost like a you know new new chapter if you like and i decided to go sober for 30 days sorry sober for 90 days uh quit meat so i went plant-based and decided to run my first marathon um some could say i was having a midlife crisis but uh you know (laughs) (laughs) but i it it really helps and and i can totally resonate with what you say about your life changes absolutely exponentially when you quit booze like there's just so many what i like to call the ripple effect you know it's like that little drop in the ocean that then ripples out to other areas of your life and it really really does push you to be just a much better human and you realize that you don't need it to be you know to be who you who no. you are if anything it makes you a better person of who you are so yeah man i totally share that share that, share that view so let's 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 move on to unlimited right tell me tell me how did how did it all come about so after three weeks of not drinking, obviously I, I had like this new lease of life and I had a realisation that I was sort of, I was fed up working the hours I was working because it, you know, I used to get into the, I used to leave my home at about quarter past five in the morning and then get home at about quarter past eight. So it, my life was literally work, go home, go to bed, go to work, weekends, go out and get drunk, not really live at the weekend, just sort of be hung over and then back to work. So I just thought to myself, I'm not living. Um, or not enjoying life so yeah after three weeks of not drinking I I missed beer so um, I spoke to this guy who convinced me to stop and he said I will try some of the alcohol free beers alcohol for a dry drinker and wise bartender so um, so I bought some alcohol free beers and I was really surprised by how good some of them were because um, the, the typical ones that you'd normally buy in bars like the sort of the two big brands um, I never really liked them and I but some of the, sort of the smaller craft alcohol-free beers were great. So, um, so yeah, so I used to sort of drink those as a substitute and obviously not get, you know, be affected by any alcohol because there isn't any in them. And then um, and then I just used to, I was because I had so much more time and an interest in it, I just researched about alcohol-free um, so much. And I realised that alcohol-free beers are sort of generally are quite good for you. They're like a nutritional drink. and uh, But no one really promoted that side of things they they were sort of used to promote them as an alcohol-free drink but you know they're the ingredients that you put into alcohol-free beer is like plant-based stuff so mm. you know you put your hops in you put barley in, you put wheat in and 
they're all nutrition. They, you know, there's a lot of nutrition in there. And the alcohol normally, when you make a normal beer, the alcohol rips out all the good stuff. But when the alcohol isn't produced, it keeps all the good stuff in there. So, so like our, our beer's got um, vitamin B12 in it. It's low calories, low carbs. Um, so, so yeah, so I was researching loads about alcohol-free, realised that no one was really promoting the health benefits. And I just wanted to take control of my life and run, start my own business. And um, so I didn't know anything about brewing. Um, I just thought to myself, right, I see there's sort of a gap in the market. It's a massively growing market because more and more people are, you know, are reducing their alcohol intake. So, um, yeah, so then I started calling around. Um, I found this master brewer who helped me develop the recipe. And, um, and then it's sort of every stage, it's like I, every day I, I generally learn about 10 new things uh, because I've never started a business. I didn't know anything about beer, anything about branding. Um, so, yeah, and then 10 months later, we, we launched I love that. I mean, first question I've got around that is six, no, say well, how, how many, so this is June, 2019 that you, you sort of were in, in, on this journey and you started launching uh, and, and, or you sort of start looking into um, non-alcoholic beers and that sort of thing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, whether I was not looking for them or didn't know about them, but I, I, I feel like there wasn't that many on offer and if they were they were very sparsely decorated around the various pubs and bars in in in, in the uk or in in london where i live so you had to almost f- go and find them rather than just arriving at a bar or a pub and finding oh they've got a selection of you know even even now exactly. there is a, so many out there and maybe because i am sober i'm seeing more of them out there but every single bar i go to they've only still got one or two so that's you know it's still it's still definitely a growing market but i mean i've got one here for those watching the video you can see it, the, the the fact that it says it's sort of alcohol-free beer and the question I've got is what what is the difference between the process of making an alcoholic beer and a non-alcoholic beer is it is it something you put in or it's something you don't put you, or you take out well there's a few different um ways of doing it so so the big brands that everyone probably sees in the pubs and bars from my understanding that they they will brew normal beer and then they sort of boil it off at the end and it boils off the alcohol um, but it can give it sort of, a, to me, it gives it a bit of like a burnt taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of places do that. There's a there's another um, way of doing it. It's called vacuum distillation, where they basically extract the alcohol, um, which is a good way of doing it, but it's quite an expensive way. And the way that we do it, um, we actually brew it in a way where the alcohol never exceeds 0.5%. Mm-hmm. So 0.5%, obviously, it's still alcohol, but a lot of people, you know, when I when I first gave up, um, I said to this guy, I was like, I don't want to drink these beers because they've got 0.5% in. And he was like, but that's the same as a glass of orange or the same as a banana. But Is you it? don't realise that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so bananas you, you are alcoholic. To... I love that. Yeah. So I, I could get yeah. pissed on eating all the bananas in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I might try that. But, there's, but, there's, but he, um, like if you go to a nice burger restaurant in London, like one of the, sort of the bigger burger chains, some burger buns have 1.2% in Alcohol. Because they're because they're beer because they're beer battered or because they're, they're, they're well could they have yeast in them of course yeah that's so, so funny <laughs> so so yeah so I think a lot of people when they first quit drinking um, they're a bit wary of the 0.5s but we obviously have to we have to say 0.5 on there just because legally we have to mm. but um, it actually you know you can't get drunk on 0.5 because it's your body processes it as quickly as you drink it because it's such a small amount. Yeah. But yeah, you know, if, if people eat bananas, then, you know, they can drink 0.5% beer. 
Interesting. Um, what? Sorry. What, what was your question again? I sort of I went off track a bit. No, it's 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 it was that was answering it. it was a how how the beer is produced different to normal beers you know is is there something taken in or taken out but yeah you, you explained that you know it, there's many different ways of doing it but ultimately it produces the you know this wonderful beer now the one thing i love about this beer a is when it's you know when it's a it's a hot day and you know just for for transparency johnny and i got in touch because johnny messaged me on instagram and 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 said hey mate i've just launched this 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 new alcohol free beer company can i send you some samples and of course i said yes and uh, he sends them over and I, and I absolutely fell in love with them and they're you know they're 23 calories which first of all is about a third of the other non-alcoholic beers that i've tried you know there's a lot of lot of them out there and it's about a third of the of the calories so anyone that's kind of health conscious or that is you know training or or you know girls particularly who maybe don't want to and, and maybe look for the low calorie option um definitely a good option for you but also the branding now you've just won uh, a couple of awards right for your branding yeah we, we got um we got we got three we got two golds and a silver at the well beer awards so Amazing. we got um bottle design label design and new launch how do you so, feel yeah, about I'm that really pleased oh I was, I was so we sent back we we sent our samples back in march obviously that's when the beer was ready we didn't launch until June, so we sent it ages ago. And I've I've always wanted to win one of those awards because they're like an industry standard. It's a, you know, I think the my main competitor when I started, um, Big Drop, they're, and they're brilliant. And they, they were the beer that I really loved. And I saw that they had these awards, so I thought, well, I'm going to enter and you know see what we get. And yeah, so we won two golds and silver. So I was yeah, well chuffed. Mate, that's amazing, and and it, it just as you said, it's a it's a stamp of approval in the industry. It shows that you're you know you've got a seat at the table, and you're now starting to produce uh, a quality beer that people can recognise. So um, we've also got um, you've mentioned to me before, but you've also got plans for extending the range. What else have you got in the pipeline? Yeah, so we've well we've been developing the IPA for a few months now. So when we launched in June, uh, we just had the lager, and we were developing the IPA then. I was hoping to launch the IPA already by now, um, but I haven't been happy. Obviously, I want it to be the best it can be, right? And it's it's not, every time that we've had a, a tasting, so the, the brewer's been working on it with me, every time that we've had a tasting, it's just not been quite there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just release like a substandard product. So, um, But we've I had a tasting last week and I really liked it. So I think, hope ideally, I want to launch it before the end of the year. So yeah, so there's the IPA, um, but there's yeah, there's big plans. You know, obviously there's so many different beer varieties that you can release. So, um, but I want to do a cider for next summer. Um, I'll, I'll do a stout at some point, obviously because that's sort of a good wintry drink. So, fantastic. Lots and, in the pipeline. And in terms of when you do these tastings, is is it your your decisions final, or do you get you know your wife and friends and her, her people other other people to come in and sort of give you a bit of a, a spectrum of taste uh, buds? So. It's, it's difficult, right? Because when you get your friends and your family, like if I go to my mum, my mum will be like, oh, it's brilliant. I love it. But it might not be. You can always count Just on mum's vote. Mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for me, uh, this is what I said to the brewer when, when we started this process last year, is that if I like it, then I'm, you know, if I like it, then I'm just confident it will it will sell well or you know, other people will like it. If I don't like it, then, you know, I've got to love it as the sort of the owner of the brand to make sure that it's a good product so um but no i have got a couple of people that i will you know get to taste it before we release it 
Absolutely. Look, at the end of the day, you've got to back yourself. You know, if you're going to start a brand, spot a company, you know, there, there is going to be some people that love it, some people that don't, some people that don't get it, other people that don't, you know, you can't please everyone. And actually, if you try and please everyone, you end up pleasing nobody. So, you know, yeah. doing what you're doing, and if you think it's a good taste, then you're going to be able to sell that product much better because you've got the, the passion and the authenticity behind it to be able to just go to every single person you meet, just like you did in your old days with selling suits in the city of London, you can now go to the multitude of bars and restaurants around the country and the world hopefully then go look this beer is the 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 dog's bollocks and it is the best thing you should have on your shelf look i mean i i've i've been drinking your beer ever since you sent me that sample and and i and i love the stuff and you know for me it's it's having that alternative in the house that makes not drinking easier you know i think that you go through waves as i'm sure you can you know relate to this you go through waves when you when you stop drinking because you kind of have the social aspect people expecting you to have a drink wherever you go then you have the kind of the cravings and the cravings are real man like (laughs) i've never eaten so many biscuits in my life so like the sugar the sugar cravings are real but you 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 have that also that feeling that friday feeling and it's weird you get to like thursday night friday night and you're like finish your day close your laptop oh i fancy a glass of wine or a drink and you're like ah the feeling's there if you go to the fridge and you've got you know an unlimited in there and it's cold it, all it takes is a couple of sips of that and that feeling of wanting a real drink a real alcoholic drink or a real glass of wine goes completely and it's brilliant yeah. because you could i can have one of them on a, on a monday afternoon with my lunch and it's not going to affect my work whereas yeah. you know i remember back in the day when you know, I, I, I used to work in an office. Some people, sometimes we go for a client lunch at, on a Tuesday afternoon and two pints in and I, I couldn't work in the afternoon. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, do yeah. anything. You're sluggish and it's pointless. And, and, you know, what, 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 what was the point? Like nobody, you know, you may have got yourself a bit of a extra business deal, but then you're, unproductive for the rest of the day so no man i think you've done an amazing job with with this and especially the branding um you know the the fact that it is eye-catching and i've taken these to mates you know for 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 a drink or to the park or whatever and every single person said oh what are you drinking there you know because they haven't seen the bottle before or they want to they're interested in it and they've tried it and they're like oh that's actually really nice you know so it's just going to take some time to to sort of like catch on and, and 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 hopefully become the biggest the biggest non-alcoholic beer brand going that's that's what the aim is well that's one of the things so when when i stopped drinking um in that first sort of three week period um i i went out for work drinks with people at work and i used to drink cranberry juice right because that's just sort of what your brain goes you think oh, i have a cranberry juice or i have a soda and <laughs> but then everyone just picked because i was like sort of i used to be like the life and soul of you know the one that's getting the shots in and stuff like that and um but then when you hold like a cranberry juice in a glass, people are like, why are you not drinking? And then you get all this attention, negative attention. Um, but then if you if you picked up, say, like, you know, one of the big brands, um, and they're quite an obvious bottle that they're an alcohol free, everyone knows them as an alcohol free drink, so you still get stick. Mm. So I wanted, the reason I started this as well is that because it wasn't a good option of alcohol free in most bars and pubs, I thought, you know, I'm going to start this brand and get it into as many bars and pubs as possible because I want a good tasting just for myself, right? I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just getting it into bars because I want to drink something better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, I wanted to drink something that looked cool because, you know, I won't say let's just call it Dex Blue, <laughs> but they're they're um, it's you know people notice when you drink that and you can get a lot of negative feedback. Whereas. I don't know if it's just a perception of alcohol free. I mean, that's changing a lot and it has changed a lot in the last year, but drinking something like unlimited just because it, to me, it just looks a bit cooler. It looks a bit sexier. Um, that was sort of a big 
reason why I branded it the way that we did. Yeah, look, it's it, as as you said, it, it, it's the sh- the shift is happening. You know, if you look back at history, doctors used to promote cigarettes, right? You, you look at adverts from back in the 50s and 60s and there, there were there were doctors smoking camels, right? Now we fast forward and, and, and in a way, vaping has kind of become what like the alcohol-free beer has to the beer kind of thing where it's like, well, it's still drinking a beer, but it's not as bad for you. You know, they're, 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 but the thing is with alcohol-free beer is that there is only positives about it. You know, there is nothing bad in it, as you said before, with all the ingredients. But it's also this like plant-based movement that's happening over the last few years. People are realizing that, that meat actually isn't that great for you. you, you know, besides the point of the ethical reasons and, and the saving the planet and all that sort of stuff, but meat actually isn't that good for you. So, you know, switching to something that is not just tasty, but also better for you going forward and also allows you to actually function as a human being after having two or three of them. It, it's, you know, it's just the way forward. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on was was obviously other other drinks brands that are kind of leading this space, and one that comes to mind is is Seedlip, right? And uh, I, you know, I, I actually went to a talk um, with, uh, with with I think Ben Branson, I think his name is the guy that, that owns it, and um, he was saying that Diageo, which is one of the biggest drinks uh, or big, biggest spirit um, conglomerates in the world, bought Seedlip as, and they are as, and it was one of their biggest. Uh, non-alcoholic purchases of, of of their entire history, and that in itself says a lot about kind of if the world's biggest drinks brand is buying non-alcoholic, you know, spirits. Yeah. Then what what does that look like for you in the beer market? You know, who are the big players? Who are the ones that you know you could see if if you were to maybe sort of sell to a big competitor or you know or go join up with somebody else? Who would you see yourself kind of like partnering with or, or getting to the stage of being with? That's a good question. So. Um, Heineken, from what I've discovered, Heineken are owned virtually everyone. So, you know, most beer brands are owned by Heineken and they're all brewed at the same place. And um, so they're obviously, I think they're the big boys in the market. Um, and I have a lot of people ask me, you know, are you going to just brew an alcoholic version as well? And I wanted to keep this as an alcohol free brand because I wanted to promote, you know, the alcohol free benefits and, you mm. know, going alcohol free is good for people because you hear a lot of, in the last few years, you've probably heard it as well. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of talk around anxiety, mm-hmm. and people were anxious and stressed. And I honestly put it down to alcohol, um, like the majority of, of that sort of stuff. Because, you know, I was I was just a normal drinker, like everyone else in in London uh, of my sort of age. We sort of grew up in the booze Britain culture. So I used to go to the pub when I was like 17, and then, you know, we've always drank. It's just part of the way of our society. And I think when people stop drinking, obviously it's, it's weird for everyone else. So that's why there's this sort of negative neg- negativity towards it. But like I say, it's changing massively. So, um, yeah, so go, sort of going back to your question, I'm, you know, ideally, I don't really know what, how I sort of see the future if I'd sell to a big brand who are an alcoholic-based brand. Because, you know, I do drink on the very odd occasion, an alcoholic drink. So I'm not against it. Mm. But I just want to. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll leave that one. We'll leave that one to sort of see what happens in the next few years. Yeah, we can re- revisit this on another show and sometime in the future. And yeah. um, the one question I had um, personally, as well as also, I'm sure a few other people might be thinking this is right. You go into a restaurant, go into a bar, and you see a, a pint of Fosters, and then you see a pint of non-alcoholic beer. Price point wise, they're fairly similar. Now, for the the 
uneducated person in this market, you'd probably assume that an alcoholic beverage is going to be, should be more than a non-alcoholic beverage. In why, why are they sort of similar priced? Is it, is it that they cost the same to produce or is it that it's just a, a marketing thing or is it what, in your opinion, what, what's the, what, what myth can we debunk here? So I've, I've always thought that as well, because I've gone into, into pubs and bought an alcohol-free beer and it's been the same price. And I've, I've always wondered why that is because alcohol has duty that they have to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just an extra cost against all the other alcohol-free drinks. Um, brewing alcohol-free beer is the exact same process. So it's still, you know, for, for a brand like mine, we're, we're at, I'd say, the higher end of the alcohol-free in terms of pricing. But as, an, as a new startup, you know, we're not producing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of bottles each time. So, you know, as as you grow and, you know, the quantities that you order of bottles and labels and caps and, and you know, brew sizes, the bigger quantities that you get, obviously the price drives it down. So mm. some of the big brands are obviously a lot cheaper than the smaller craft alcohol-free breweries. Um, but I think, you know, as we grow, I, w- I don't want to sort of price ourselves out of the market. But... Um, I think also from a bar's standpoint, they, I don't know, I wonder if they sort of worry that if people drink less, that they're going to sort of, you know, their business is going to perform worse. Absolutely. Because, because when you're drunk, you know, I know when I used to drink, I used to, I'd have a five pints and then it'll be like shots and then it'll be shorts and it'll be all sorts of things. Whereas I would go to the pub now and have two or three alcohol free beers and go home. Mm. So my spend at bars has obviously decreased a lot. So maybe that's the reason why they keep them at the same sort of price. Yeah, but it's also interesting because there's a bar in in London, in Old Street, uh, the Brewdog um, alcohol-free only bar, and they do free unlimited refills of their own brand. Yeah. So if you go in there and order... Uh, a, a, you know, a, whatever, a non-alcoholic free version of their beer, you can go back as many times as you want and get a refill for free. So your, your drinking all night will cost you a fiver or whatever it is. So like yeah. that is the complete opposite of what, you know, what we just said there where it, it but then saying that it is, it's a non-alcoholic free bar. They do have like alcohol drinks on the menu, but it's, you know, 10% versus 90% on the other side. So on, as a business model, what do you think their 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 aim is there? What do you think their 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 purpose of doing that is? So we so, so it's brilliant that they do that because you know and but the reality is you're not gonna if I was going out on a on a night out just drinking alcohol you'd I would you know you could easily on a big night you could probably have sort of five to ten pints because the more you drink you just keep drinking but with alcohol free beer you know I think after about two bottles of mine or you know three pints at the most, you sort of, you just, you know, it's like drinking three pints of lemonade. You mm. sort of get to a point start, I don't really want any more. Because alcohol makes you lose your inhibitions and you just keep drinking. Well, that's how, how, how what used to happen to me. Where, But with alcohol free, I think you can, you know, you stop or you don't drink it as quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't know the science behind it. There's obviously something in, in it with what alcohol affects your brain and makes you, you know, want more. But um, maybe, I don't know why, it, obviously it's a bit of a, a PR launch for the bar as well because mm. um, it will obviously get people going there. So but it's brilliant that they do that. So 
let's just let's just draw. I mean, we've been talking a lot about kind of the positives about what's been happening and and kind of how you got to where you are. But I want to ask you about your challenges. Let's talk about what what are the biggest challenges that you faced throughout this entire process from starting the brand through to today. Oh, so many. Um, <laughs> so. Like I said, I, I went into this sort of completely blind and as a, a complete rookie. So it's everything that I've, at every stage, there's obviously, when you first start, you have to, you know, you find an accountant and then I found a branding guide who helped me sort of design all the all the brand and the logos and everything. And then there's the sort of the legal side, so the trademarking of it. Um, so I guess the biggest challenge is it's, the way that I look at it is that if someone else has done it, then it's not impossible to do. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, and I, uh, there's been a lot of challenges and a lot of sort of hiccups along the way. But you sort of you just you get through it. It's just bumps in the road, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's part of what's exciting about it because you know you only get better. Like, you know, from from where I am now to where I was a year ago, it's like my, my life completely changed just because obviously I gave up. Well, I've reduced my alcohol massively, um, but I've learned so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, uh, the challenges with with starting it, there's there's sort of so many. Um, I can't even really think off the top of my head, but it's nothing that you can't overcome. So that's why I look at it. If you were to go back today and and you know sort of reverse time and go back to a point where you kind of know everything you know now and you were starting again, what would you do differently? Um, what would I do differently? I probably would be because like so. With the brewer, with there's been some, there's been quite a lot of delays just for various reasons, and I'm not shifting blame on anyone, but it's um, it's I don't I don't think I'd necessarily change anything. I just think it's just the process. Yeah, I think it's just the pro. You know, anything that you know, if I was to start it again, I'd probably come up with the same problems, and it's just a part of setting up a business. So um, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Okay. That's good. It, it shows that you've done everything that you, you wanted to do the way you wanted to do it. And I think actually, if you, if you had had things that you'd done differently, you might not be in the position you're in. You might have, you know, maybe failed or, or gone down a different route, or it might not be exactly how you want it to be. So yeah, that's good that you've, you've got that positive uh, reflection outlook on, on what, what's happened. So look, moving, move, looking, looking forward and, and looking at kind of where you want to take this brand, like what are the biggest challenges you're yeah. facing right now kind of moving forward? What are the things that you're looking at and going, sure, I need to, that needs to happen. This needs to happen, but I don't know how to get it happening. So, so we launched in the middle of um, the COVID lockdown in June. Wonderful so, timing. Wonderful timing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously when I, when I came up with this idea, it was sort of last uh, June, July last year. And, and then I'd, you know, I'd spent a lot of money up until, March and we were sort of ready to with the product by March but we were just building the website and doing a few more things in the background and then obviously COVID hit and it no I didn't really panic because I knew that there's so many aspects of growing the business there's obviously the online presence and social Mm -hmm. media and then there's obviously going out to bars restaurants pubs etc and I was before we launched and before COVID came around I was worrying about how I was going to juggle the two and when COVID came around, it's sort of like, it just made me focus online. So just building the social media presence, building that sort of plan. Um, and then I sort of could forget about bars and restaurants because they were closed. Mm. Um, so the issue, well, so that, that was good because I've 
we I think it's sort of it's, I've built it quite well online and all of our sales initially would have just come through social media promotion and all that sort of stuff now bars have reopened and hopefully they stay open um my my challenge now is to get into as many bars restaurants and pubs because that was my mission to start with and it's different because it's not as obviously you can go into bars and pubs but where i live in hartford you normally have to book before you can go there even if you just Mm. want to pop in for a pint so it's not as easy as going in and meeting the bar staff and chatting to them so I'm yeah what I've been doing in the last couple of weeks is sort of reaching out to different bar groups in London um I've got one bar group who are very keen to have it on tap so you know we're sort of finalizing the deal at the moment which is exciting but it could be on tap in 10 pubs in London um so yeah so that's sort of my that's what's going on now with the brand that's that's one thing I tell you I've missed actually about not drinking uh, or, or sorry is the fact that when you really want just a cold beer there's nothing better than having out of a tap and a glass at, at a pub yeah. and there's the one that there's a few there's a few far and few between kind of bars that do I think Lucky Saints one that, that do a lot by tap and, and and I think I'm not sure if Big Drop do but I haven't seen many that's what I'm trying to say so if you guys start yeah. doing that man you got to tell me where those pubs are because they'll, they'll become my locals I will. <laughs> <laughs> they'll become my locals so question for you johnny is what 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 drives you to do this you know you've mentioned before that you you, you want to obviously create more of a, a healthier lifestyle for people that are wanting to still drink beer but not have the after effects of the hangover and the alcohol content um but also having a, a company that leaves a legacy and, and has a has a, a sort of longevity to it but like what drives you to actually keep going with this what's 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 there for you so i think it was you know going back to what i said a, a, little, a little while ago about working long hours in the city for sort of for someone else and not really having a, having much of a life when um obviously i got married last year so i had a new wife and and then um three weeks that three weeks after I stopped drinking she fell pregnant so obviously this all came around at the same time so she told me she was pregnant I was coming up with this business idea and I guess I just wanted to sort of be in charge of my own destiny Mm. and not be a slave to you know other another business that I loved my my whole job um but I wanted to be more in control of what I was doing and more in control of my time you know now we've got our, our little girl Rosie who was born in June uh, sorry, but born in May. Um, I don't, you know, if I was still working at my previous job, I wouldn't see her literally until the weekends because she goes to bed at seven. I normally just get in at eight. So, you know, I wanted to spend, I wanted to do this so that I could have more time doing things that I want to do and live in a life that I want to live. Um, this is sort of, it's a little bit deep, but back in 2015, my dad passed away suddenly. Um, and he was... He was 57 at the time and um, he was sort of, he had his own business and he was, he was sort of semi-retired, so to say, but he wasn't sort of fully retired, but he, his life got cut short in an accident. And uh, that for me was like a massive wake up call because it made me sort of think, you know, he's worked all of his life and then as he got to near retirement, he died and he sort of, he couldn't enjoy what he'd sort of built over the sort of the previous 20, 30 years. So um, I think that for me, it, it, like I said, it was a bit of a wake-up call and I thought to myself, you know, life's short, you know, anything could happen. You know, people will say, you know, you, you could get hit by a bus tomorrow and all that sort of stuff. And I, I, felt, I thought to myself, you know, if I, I don't want to work until I'm 65 or until retirement age and then potentially 
you know, die. I know it sounds really negative, but, you know, I, so I want to be more in control of my life now, set up a business that I'm in control of and that will give me more time to spend with my family because there's nothing more important than your family and your friends, right? And, um, yeah, I think that's probably the sort of the biggest driving force behind this anyway. Man, thanks for sharing, man. That's, you know, it does sometimes take those those hard hitting moments in life, whether it be personal or, or uh, you know, like a, a, a global thing, to kind of realise actually where you are. I mean, you know, your your dad passing was it was a, a realisation for you that you needed to make the most out of what you had in your life and actually live it to its fullest. And you know, to to took on a global scale, the COVID and and the, the whole pandemic that's happened at the moment has caused a lot of people to rethink what they're doing with their lives, you know, has has made them slow down, which I I, I absolutely love. There's a there's a quote by a guy who I follow um who's a, I suppose a, a bit of an online mentor to me. His name's Rich Litvin. And he and he has this expression that's slow down to speed up. You know, sometimes we are so blinkered in what we're doing in life that we actually forget about everything else that's going around us and 10 15 20 years passes before we realize oh shit well okay my kids now this age and my wife's there and like oh you know i haven't seen my mates for 20 years whatever it might be and that and that's sad because ultimately when you know the work stops and you kind of retire you you really only have your friends and family to kind of like rely rely on to keep you keep you young and keep you living living the life you live so man i think you've done the right thing and i think it's i think it's an awesome an awesome venture that you're on and, I, and i'm i'm super glad you've produced such an amazing beer because it's definitely uh, it's always in my fridge which is which is good um right. wanted to wanted to ask you kind of people listening maybe in a position where they're like you know what i'm fed up with with my job i'm fed up with doing what what i i'm doing at the moment I want to start my own thing, whether it be a non-alcoholic beer or, or whether it be something else. What, what sort of advice would you give to people that wanted to just sack it all in and start doing something themselves? Do it. That's like, that, that is a, so a few of my friends, obviously they're, they're very interested in what I'm doing. And um, they, a lot of people say to me, they go, oh, I'd love to do something like this, this set up my own business. I might do it because I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to set up my own business. I remember when I was 16, I said to my dad, I was just like, when I'm older, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to run a good business. And he's just like, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. And it sort of drives me because my dad always really pushed me. He always said, you know, I was going to be, you know, have this amazing business. And he was just like, it's never going to be that easy to do that. And, but that sort of, that lit a fire in me to actually do it. And, but then obviously, you know, from, I started work when I was 17 and then I started this business this year and I'm 32 now. So, you know, it took me, a good 12, 13 years to actually take the plunge. But obviously setting up a business, there's all different things that are involved. You need some money behind you. And um, not all the time, but with this brand, I needed some. So, you know, all the money that I'd saved, you know, previously from pre- my, my old job, I've used in the business. But yeah, if people are thinking about or wanting to start, start up their own venture or business, I'll say just find what you're really passionate about. Like for me, because I'd realised that going alcohol-free made me such a better person and I felt so good compared to how I'd felt for the last 10, like sort of 10 12 years. It was like, to me, it was just like a, a light bulb moment. It's just like, I've got, to, I've got to promote this and sing it from the hilltops to everyone. Um, so I got really passionate about it. And I think a lot of people do, when they do go alcohol-free for a short period, they become very evangelical about it. Yes, they so, do. <laughs> Any of my mates? My mom. Yeah. Oh, well, funny. they do. 
<laughs> so for like family and friends, they sort of say you're a bit evangelical about it. And I'm like, yeah, but trust me, it's like you feel so much better. And and it's funny, I saw my mum a couple of weeks ago and one of her friends had stopped drinking. Um, one of her friends sadly has got cancer. So she she stopped drinking. Um, and my mum said after about three or four weeks, she started singing it from the you know the hilltops about how good it was. And she goes, it was just like you was last year. And I'm, so, I'm like, this uh, it's obviously, it's it's the truth. Because so many people in the way in our society have been brought up that drinking is just a part of culture and a part of life. Yeah. And at, at the end of a long day at work or at the weekend, you have a glass of wine or you have a beer. And a lot of people say to me, they're like, but, you know, they go, what do you do when at the end of a long week and you just want to sit down, you have that first sip of beer and you just feel relaxed? And I'm like, it's not the alcohol that makes you relax because alcohol does not make you relax in like five seconds. And then, so this is how this guy described it to me once. So I know sort of I'm going off on a tangent. No, carry on. He said, because I said this to him um, about when I was inquiring about not drinking. I said, what about the beer on a Friday after a long week? And he was like, it's not the beer, it's just the flavour. Because if you can find a substitute... So we've alcohol-free beers now because, to me, a lot of them taste like normal beer. I'll have a sip of one and I'll just I'll have that relaxed feeling. And then when people actually think about it, they're like, actually, yeah, it can't be the alcohol that makes you sort of have that relaxed. It's just the flavour. It's the flavour of the beer, the fizziness. Mm-hmm. Um, wine, on the other hand, alcohol-free wine at the moment is like crap. You can't. There isn't any good ones. I've said whoever gets that right is going to make a lot of money, especially red yeah. wine, because it's basically, I mean, there, there is a, there is a white wine I've tried that, that I mean, it's, it's all right. A bit, it's not, I wouldn't choose it. The red wines I've tried though, uh, apparently are just nasty. The, there's one at Waitrose. Waitrose do a grape juice that apparently is like red wine, but it's not labeled as red wine. It's labeled as grape juice and apparently looks the same and tastes actually pretty good. So if anybody's oh, listening really? there wants to have a dinner party and wants to join in with the winos, get some Waitrose uh, grape juice in it. And it, it's, it's apparently the the way to go forward. But yeah, look, it's, it, it, you're absolutely right. That, that feeling, it's all about triggers. You know, I, I've, I've grown up with mates who drink and smoke and go out and have a good time. And, and, I, and I ask people who don't smoke on a regular basis, why do you smoke when you have a drink? And, and it's that whole trigger, isn't it? It's that response of, of conditioning your brain. It's like, right, I'm a, uh, in a pub or I'm at a friend's house or I'm in the park, I've got a drink in hand. What's my other hand doing? Oh, I need a cigarette. It's the same with, with drinking. You know, it's that, it's that response thing we were talking about earlier. You get to Thursday night, you get to Friday night, you know, you kind of get that Friday feeling, you, you feel yourself kind of getting excited. You almost, your brain is sending like a dopamine hit already to your stomach to go like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for some alcohol to come to me. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the weekend kind of thing. And so you almost expect it. So people that, and I listened to actually another podcast on this people that do 30 days sober. I mean, tomorrow, you know, we're recording this on the 30th September. Um, but tomorrow is going to be stop October and uh, stop October, whatever it's called. And, and people will go sober for 30 days or 31 days. Great. Good, good for them. But I believe, and I'm sure you can, you can resonate with this. It takes longer than that to actually get the benefits of not drinking because your body takes a while to just not just adjust to it. Yes, you'll you'll feel great after probably two to three weeks, but actually to to condition your mind not to want the booze after that that time period, it takes, in my my opinion, it takes about sixty five to seventy days, and yeah. at that point is when you become somebody who can say no 
to a non-alcoholic, sorry, to an alcoholic drink without that feeling of anxiety and regret and, and sort of like, oh, but I want one, but I'm going to say no. And it's that battle that goes on in your body. I think after that point, you almost forget what the taste is like. You forget the, what the effects are like. Um, and, you know, as a sideline, if you are somebody who wants to potentially stop drinking and try some alternatives, you know, get a case of Unlimited, stick them in your fridge, you know, and and tell people that you're going sober for, for a period. You know, it was one of the hardest things I had to do. I've got a boys group that I, 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 I you know, have banter with about the football and all sorts, about 16 of them on the group. And it was the first time since I'd stopped drinking that I was going to go and ha- hang out with them at, at the park. And I had to say to them, guys, I'm not drinking like in preparation because I knew if I got there and said it, I'd get shit in the air, left, right and center. And I said it to them. It took me about four days to write this message. But when once I'd said it to no, seriously, because I was like, how are they going to take it? I can't, I can't be like the wimp. I can't be like, oh, I'm not drinking. I'm like, I had to say it in a way that was like sort of forceful, but also like just kind of respect the fact I'm not, I'm not drinking. And lo and behold, I got like most of the guys rose back and said, mate, wicked, good for you. Like fair play, you know, or I wish I could do that or whatever it might be. And one or two were like, oh yeah, I'm sure you'll last two weeks or whatever. But that, that was, it's all in jest and all in banter. And you know, that actually helped me more so because I was like, I had the support of other people not having the pressures of when I got to the place where everyone else was drinking, I had to then conform to what society says. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. I think the more, beers that are available to you that are non-alcoholic that are diff like that have that you know the, the availability it will cause people to think differently about their drinking choices and you know the likes of yourself and and, and big drop and lucky saying all the other beer brands that are doing exactly what you're doing it's just a matter of time before they're in the bars and they're in the in there's a list on its own of non-alcoholic versions yeah. rather than just the, the the beers themselves and i can't wait for that time it's going to be great yeah no i think it's uh, the growth of alcohol-free, uh, the alcohol-free market in, in as a whole is, is growing massively. I think last year it grew like 60% compared to what it was on in 2018. And, you know, the, the younger generation, so like 18 to 24-year-olds, I think one in four don't drink now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many sort of celebrities and sports stars who don't drink. And, you know, for... for I'm like you, I've got a, a group of mates who, you know, I used to go out all the time and, you know, we get boozy. And so when I stopped, you know, you get a lot of stick for it. But then when they saw, you know, instead of on a, on a Saturday and Sunday, not really doing much, like during lockdown, I built decking in our garden and I've, I've done all sorts of stuff around the house. And they're like, have you got so much time? Like you've just launched the business. I'm like, I've got so much time because I'm not, I'm never hung over or I'm never affected by booze. So, you know, I'll get up at five in the morning and I'll do, four hours of work and then I'll go and build some decking <laughs> and then I and they're just like how do you like my one of my best mates he, he runs a butcher shop he's like how have you got any time to do this and I was like look it's just not it's honestly it's the it's the from not drinking you just got so much more energy to do stuff that's it that's and you it. find it, it's like you just you know I always used to say that I'm like there's not enough time in the day when I was working in my previous job because it was literally work sleep work sleep but when I did quit the booze and I was still working there, the amount of stuff that I got done at work was so much more. And then at the weekend, uh, a clean freak, just because I used to get up and I used to just like, right, I want to clean something. I just wanted to do stuff. <laughs> Whereas normally I'd, you know, sit on the sofa, have a cup of coffee. It's You're absolutely right. It's having... I like to think of it as you, you, when you give up booze, you find that you have more time 
more money and more energy. And, you know, time is something that we wouldn't, well, it's the most valuable commodity that we own. We don't ever get any more of it. And, you know, we all spend it in a very, very fleeting way. You know, I, I read a book recently um, called Essentialism by a guy called Greg McEwen. Uh, and it talks about how, you know, you, this sort of concept of having only a certain amount of energy to give to any one thing. It's a little bit like Mark Manson's, uh, you know, the, um, give a fuck about anything i've forgotten the name of the book now it's the you know uh, but it's like you've only got a certain amount of fucks to give in 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 life right so give them out accordingly to the right things but he says you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do something that's gonna take away your time i.e go to the pub and drinking yes you're spending time with your friends but the the compound negative compound interest that you're you're going to gain from or you're going to lose from having that drinks is the fact that you're going to be sluggish later on you're probably going to sleep badly you know you're probably going to get up later you know you're not going to have any energy when you wake up because you've slept badly you know you're also going to have a dent in your bank account that you probably didn't need when you could have just gone to the pub or the bar or wherever you're seeing your friends and had a soft drink a non-alcoholic beer or whatever because the purpose of the of the exercise isn't to go and drink it's to go and see your friends you know and i think that that's that's the thing that people aren't getting. You know, the other thing as well on the, on the money side of things, look, global pandemic has affected the world massively. It's probably the biggest global economy breakdown we've ever going to have in, in our lifetime. And yet people I saw over lockdown spending it on, oh, great, well, what am I going to do? Sit around and drink booze. And like, yeah, fine. If that's what, what really makes you happy, but that's an expensive, you know, you're, you're going to sit there and just be loading up shitloads of calories, you know, and not when you drink, you don't want to move. You just want to sit there and do nothing. You know, I just think it's a complete waste of, of energy and time when you could be spending it doing other things. And I personally think that this time is going to create a lot of amazing businesses out of out of the lockdown period. You know, there's lots of people that have I've follow on Instagram and social media that have written books in the time, have started businesses in the time, have, you know, created and reinvented themselves in their time. You know, I, I've taken my coaching business from something that I was doing kind of on the side of my modeling and acting and presenting to now being full time. And I've got, you know, multiple clients. I've got some clients in America, you know, like my business has grown exponentially. I put a lot of it down to the fact that I've given up drinking. I think as, as with you, it gives you the, 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 just the extra bit of energy, focus, concentration that you need to just succeed as a human, to be that extra bit better. And, you know, it's one small change that has like a huge difference, makes a huge shift on your life. And I think that everybody should give it a go for at least, I think 90 days is a really good amount of time to give up booze for because as we said before, you will see not just the benefits of your health, your bank account, you know, your energy, but also you'll be able to see what effects it has on other areas of your life, whether it be your family, business, you know, gym, whatever it might be. I, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely challenge people to do a 90 day sobriety and see, see what it gives them. I completely agree because the guy that convinced me to stop drinking, he said, do 90 days. Um, so there's a, there's a group called one year, no beer. And mm. they do like a 28, 90 day and a three, six, five day challenge. And yeah, 90 days, it's a long enough period where, you know, with 28 days, uh, well, I, I didn't, I didn't crack under the whole time. So it was the first time I'd given up and I was so sort of determined to do it that I've managed to do it. But I think a lot of people do struggle and that they, they might, you know, they might, fall off the wagon after a couple of weeks and have a beer and then they sort of set themselves back to square one and I think that if that happens that's okay because it's a lot of people are put under a lot of pressure in social settings by it mm. so it's not an issue if you do sort of 
you break your your streak if you like but I think definitely 90 days is the perfect amount of time because when I hit 90 days you know at the start I said right when I get to 90 days I'm gonna have a beer but then I got to 90 days I'm like I'm not having a beer I I got to 112 days and then I was sort of inquisitive by Mm. it I had a beer and it was really strange because the first sip of an alcoholic beer it's I just I really didn't like the taste it was like you know, because I was so used to alcohol-free beers, when you drink alcohol, alcohol's got a taste of it, right? And drinking this beer, it was like when you sort of spray it, it would get aerosol in your, in your mouth. And it was just like, oh, you know, that sort of, that really horrible taste. And then after a couple of pints, you sort of get used to it. But the next day after having that drink, I, com- I completely regretted doing it. Because I was sort of thinking, but then I, I, I didn't dwell on it too much because my habit, my drink, my sort of, the way that I used to think about drinking had completely changed because of that 90 days that's it that's it the perception on not drinking versus somebody like if somebody's listening who has drank for most of their adult life and has never done a period of sobriety and is thinking this conversation is a load of trash i think give it a go before you say something right i I was one of those people who thought i could never go sober like and it wasn't from a place of oh, I don't think it's the right thing to do. I just think I never had the ability to actually do it. You know, it takes a lot of willpower, especially in today's society, especially in a culture like Britain, where we have a drinking culture that, that, is, that is far too, far too um, you know, publicised, if, if, if that's the right word to use. Then yeah. I think, I mean, look at, look at what we're doing in the government at the moment. We're closing everything everything people can't leave their homes and go to other people's homes but what can you do you can go to the pub what kind of message is that sending like i just don't don't think it's it's the right you know and the reason for it as we were saying before is because of taxes and the duty and on on stuff and they need to make the money because of the because of because of the, the the economy so look besides the point you know if somebody wants to you know have a have a whinge at someone for going sober or wants to know the different what the benefits are or why they're doing it do it yourself do it yourself and see what you can feel from it, you know, and if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, then you can go back to alcohol, having a better perspective of like, well, that's what it was like to not drink. And this is what it's like to drink. You probably will have a better relationship with alcohol because you'll know what the benefits are of. And it's okay to drink. Of course it is. But I think that the people that need to potentially go sober are the ones that always whinge at you at the pub when you're not actually drinking. And I'm sure you found that. If you if you think about it, and it's I've obviously I thought about this loads, and I've had so many conversations over the last year about this sort of thing. But you know there is there is this such this uh, such a lot of negativity about going alcohol free, and you get a lot of stick for it, and people really judge you. And if you think about it, it's like why? Because I'm I'm still here. So my best mate, he said to me initially, he's just like, "I'll oh, just have a beer with me, just have a beer with me." And I'm like, I'm literally sitting here in front of you having a beer with you. Just mine hasn't got alcohol in it, so. What is different? We're still having the same conversation. You're you're making a negative conversation because I haven't got this alcohol in my drink. But with, no, if if there was alcohol in there, why does it make doesn't make me any more different? Unless I have like five to ten pints, and then then I'm probably a, you know a twat. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I'm probably not probably not a fun person to be around. So it make it literally makes in my mind makes no sense why people sort of have a negative connotation towards alcohol free. Yeah, because in the reality, you're you know, for most people, they will, if they go and get drunk on a, on a weekend, which is sort of, or they'll go out for drinks on a weekend, that's sort of like how society does it. But from Monday to Friday, they're, they're sober, and that's mm. how they live their life. So why are people 
judging someone for one night of the week when the rest of the day, rest of the week they're they're doing what you know they're still doing now. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's that inbuilt insecurity I found that that the people that respect you for it are the ones that are absolutely fine with the fact that you they're there you they like the fact that you're there regardless of whether you're drinking wine beer or, or yeah. tequila whatever it is it's the people that sort of like, why are you doing it though but like sure just have a drink oh god just have one more drink or just have a drink on stop being a stop being a dick or whatever like <laughs> they're the ones that are inside going like why are they not having a drink why i why can't i be that person that has that doesn't have a drink yeah. I, you know and, it, and it's this insecure person and it's usually those are the ones that either drink the most or that the ones that have the real issue with it and and i think that those if, if if somebody's listening and thinks that's me you know maybe they don't because they can't see it but those i would I'd, I'd implore those people to just give sobriety a go for for a little bit and you know it may sound like we're preaching here but you know there is definitely an, an element of being able to say you've done something through practice rather than just through hearing it through someone else's experiences. Um, I've not yet seen a, a negative to stop drinking so far. You know, I, I'm, I'm sort of coming up to my six month point and I have yet to see anything. That, the only things that have happened to me are positive. And as I said at the beginning, the, 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 the ripple effect that it has on you, it just compounds over and over and over again. And I look back and think, well, if I had been drinking, would I have achieved all the things I've, I've achieved in the last, say, 120 days? Maybe, maybe not. But it, it's definitely a, it's almost like a badge of honor you wear inside. You're like, I've got the willpower, the discipline, and the self-respect to actually just treat myself the way I want to be treated and not be full victim to society and what my mates are doing. And if your mates really, really push you to have a drink, you've, you've probably got to ask the question, are they your real friends? Yeah, and and so f- for the difference with me, obviously, you, you, it's great you've done like 120 days, and I did 112. But then I sort of I've drank probably four or five times in the last year. Yeah, and so my message, people have always asked me, like, are you sort of promoting or trying to convince people to stop drinking completely? And that's that's completely not the message for me because I found that I was on a, I was on, I was in the hamster wheel of just doing the same thing each week, week in, week out. Um, and but I still like beer, so I've sort of produced this unlimited brand so I can enjoy beer. And then you know, if there's events like a like a birthday party or a big party or or a wedding, and I want to you know I want to get a little bit drunk or want to get a bit tipsy, then I will do. But that'll be once every three months as opposed to every weekend. Yeah, that's it. So, it's, it's the moderation. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and as you said, it's, you can only understand that moderation when you've done a period of sobriety. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Definitely. Johnny, this has been amazing, insightful, fantastic. I've loved chatting to you, man. This has been really, really cool hearing the story of, 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 of your journey and, and, and the birth of unlimited beer. Um, first of all, where can people find the beer itself? Where can people buy it right now? So they can buy it directly from the website. Uh, so that's www.unlimited.beer. So that's U-N-L-T-D.beer. Um, and uh, we're on social media. So like Instagram, Facebook, again, unlimited.beer is the handles. Um, we're on some, we're on Wise Bartender. Um, we're on, there's quite, a, there's probably about eight or nine of the alcohol-free websites that have got it now. Um, so yeah, they can get it from there hopefully they'll see us in bars and pubs very soon absolutely and um 
maybe in retailers as well at some point. So Fantastic. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you personally about your journey and maybe ask you some advice about what you're doing and kind of the, the or even if a, if a potential supplier is listening and wants to get in touch with you regards, re, via that, how's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, probably either through Instagram or on my email. So my email is johnny at unlimited.beer. So J-O-H-N-N-Y. Good um, stuff. Mate, well, thank you for having me on, Jack. Absolute pleasure, my friend. Look, and I, I'm sure we're going to see this this brand go from strength to strength. Um, and when your 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 new IPAs and the stouts and everything start coming out in the future, we will have to get you back on to see where your where your progress is taking you and where everything is is going from there. So, man, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. Look forward to speaking to you soon. Brilliant. Thank you, Jack. Take care.